do got to say up front that I have a stuffy nose right now and I probably will talk slower and will take my time and might pause a little bit, but uh, I'm just trying to do my best to uh, get out these these picks in and out in this analysis before before things really get bad. But um, there's a lot of good football this weekend. Thank goodness, finally, both in the college and pro ranks. I'm super excited to see all the football this weekend, so let's just get right into it. Starting off, of course, in college. First game we're going to discuss is number three, Alabama, and number six, Tennessee. And this game kicks off on Saturday at 2.30 p.m. Central on CBS. It's going to be at Neyland Stadium in Knoxville. Um, both teams come in undefeated. Alabama 6-0, 3-0 in the SEC. And Tennessee is 5-0 and 2-0 in SEC play. Uh, Bama right now is uh, a touchdown favorite on the road with the over-under set at about 65 and a half. So I would assume that Bryce Young is going to play in this game. Um, it Nick Saban has not given a definitive answer on that, but um, from everything that he has said and from the update I saw today, you know, they look like they're going to give him some reps and maybe kind of a pitch count type of thing where, you know, if he throws like, 15 or 20 times, then it starts hurting. Maybe they take him back out, but who knows? Maybe um, they're still going to use Jalen Milrow, but um, if Bama wants to win, then they definitely need to clean up the turnovers because they won against A&M, but they coughed up the ball quite a bit. And uh, A&M's offense is nowhere near the caliber of Tennessee's offense. That's just a fact. Um, and speaking of Tennessee's offense, of course, they are led by quarterback uh, Hendon Hooker, who on the season is averaging roughly 333 total yards per game of offense. He has 13 total touchdowns, no interceptions, um, has played absolutely exceptional uh, this season, and frankly, ever since he took over the starting job. Uh, last season in in Knoxville, and Josh Heupel has this offense humming. They're a top three offense in America, um, and it's going to test Alabama's defense. Who you know, the Alabama defense is very opportunistic. They they still have the ability to create turnovers, um, and obviously, Bama's offense this year. They've been leaning heavily on Jameer Gibbs the past few games uh, to to balance out the the offensive offensive attack, um, and they're definitely going to need him to have a big game if they stand if they want to stand a chance. Because I'll say if Bryce Young was a hundred percent healthy, then this could then the then Alabama would have no trouble matching Tennessee uh, blow for blow, you know, touchdown for touchdown. But with him not being 100%, then it's really imperative that Jameer Gibbs have a big game and Bama slow the game down and keep the ball out of Hendon Hooker's hands. Um, now, Bama can rest assured that in the 15 years that Saban has been there, uh, been the head coach at Alabama, the Tide are 15-0 and 0 
against Tennessee. And the margin of victory has been averaging like 26 points. So, you know, history would tell you that, hey, this would kind of be a walkover for Bama, but not this year. Tennessee is absolute Tennessee is absolutely legit. Um it's at Neyland Stadium, so that and that is a very, very raucous environment. I've personally never been to Neyland Stadium. Um I'm hoping to go there one day, but it just from every everything that has been said about it, it's just loud, it's raucous, um over a hundred thousand fans, so just the sheer number of of fans impacts the noise as well. So, you know, Bama's gonna have their hands full, literally and figuratively, in this game. Um and with all that being said, I am going with Bama. And I know that Tennessee is riding high. They absolutely destroyed LSU in Death Valley last last weekend. Um, and they're, they're clicking on all cylinders and their, their rush defense is kind of underrated, but you know, it's Alabama, Uh, you know, they've been coming up with game plans to stop Hinden Hooker in the offense. I, I just got to trust Nick Saban. He's won six, seven national championships for a reason. He wins these big games that. And this is not the first time that a lot of folks are picking against Nick Saban, but Bama's still a touchdown favorite on the road for a reason, even in Neyland Stadium. So I'm going with Alabama to win. They won't cover the touchdown. It's going to be a very, very close game. Very, you know, it's going to be tight. I I would say Bama wins like 27 to 24. Um their defense either makes a stop or they kick a field goal at the end. Um, but the environment's really going to play a part for this game. You wonder if the players are going to be a little bit nervous and, uh, you know, take a while to get their feet under them in tomorrow's game. But um, that that entirely could happen. But after all that's, after all that's been discussed, I think, Bama comes out on top um, and moves on to 7-0 and continues to be undefeated. But it'll be one heck of a game in, in Neyland Stadium. All right. Staying in the SEC, you got number 16, Mississippi State, uh, taking on the number 22, Kentucky Wildcats. Um, in Lexington, this is a 6.30 p.m. Central kickoff on SEC Network. Um, the Bulldogs are 5-1. and one. Uh, and they've been really hot as of late, and Kentucky has been stumbling of, as of late. They're four and two on the season, one and two in SEC play. Um, Kentucky's quarterback Will Levis, um, as of now, he is day to day on the injury report, so that's not good for the Wildcats, definitely. Um, and what's more bad news for them is that Will Rogers, the Mississippi State quarterback, has been absolutely on fire. Um, the last three games, he has uh, 12 touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, on the season, he's leading the FBS in passing yards per game at uh, over 351, almost 352 yards per game, and he's second in the country in passing touchdowns as well. And another stat, 
um, for Mississippi State in their favor is on their red zone trips, they convert them into touchdowns 90.5% of the time, which is second in the country only to Ohio State. So when Mississippi State gets down close to the goal line, you can pretty much counting the counting on them punching it across the goal line and getting six points. And um, fun fact for for Will Rogers as well, he is two touchdowns shy of breaking Dak Prescott's all-time uh, passing touchdown record at Mississippi State. Um, he's going to get that probably in this game. Um, although Kentucky's pass defense, uh, it is third-ranked, I believe, in the SEC. And uh, you can certainly rely on Chris Rodriguez for Kentucky to churn out some yards from the backfield. But again, Mississippi State is favored for a reason. Um, their offense has been on fire. Um, they're five and one. Um, and Kentucky, I don't know where their mojo has gone um, ever since they got into the top ten. But they just the last two games they have not looked like themselves. And um, I'm going with the bull. I'm going with the road favorites again. I'm going with the Bulldogs. Like. I trust that Mike Leach is still going to, his offense is going to be clicking and Will Rogers is going to put up some numbers. So, you know, and with Will have a stay today, you never know, but I, I'm going with the Bulldogs. All right. Vanderbilt, Georgia, nothing really to discuss here. Vanderbilt has a 23 game SEC losing streak. Um, Georgia is favored by 38 at home, 2.30 PM central with the kick on SEC network. Um, Georgia is the only team in America with a top five total offense, a top five scoring defense. Um, Georgia's going to crush Vandy. Um, whether it's not by 38 or more points, who knows, but Georgia's going to win this game easily. Um, kind of same thing with Auburn and Ole Miss, um, early kickoff 11 a.m. on ESPN. Uh, Ole Miss's offense, Auburn, their program is obviously in limbo. Brian Harson's a dead man walking. And even though the Tigers have won six straight games versus the Rebels, um, Ole Miss is just more talented. Lane Kiffin is still hungry. I think the program is motivated. Ole Miss is still motivated because they're the second best team in the West right now behind Bama. And um, they could, there's, st- I think, I think Lane is still hungry to put up some style, some style points. And uh, eventually, you know, once they meet Bama, then they'll be ready. But for this game, Auburn's going to be a victim of the Rebels' uh, attack. All right, moving up north to the Big Ten. Uh, Biggest game of the week in the conference is, no doubt, number 10. Penn State going into the big house to take on number 5, Michigan. Um, The Wolverines are touchdown favorites in this game. And it kicks off tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Central noon Eastern on Fox, the big noon kickoff game. Uh, Michigan comes in 6-0, 3-0 in Big Ten play. Penn State is 5-0, and and also 2-0 and in Big Ten play. Um, and the over-under for this game is 50-and-a-half. Um, so, for Michigan, their offense, J.J. McCarthy, he's going up against a fairly talented defense in Penn State. Um, 
and he needs to push the ball down the field more. He can't just rely on Blake Corb to put up massive numbers like he has all season. I could see Blake Corb cracking 100 yards easily in this game, but if Michigan really wants to um, develop into a true playoff contender, and I don't think they are that just yet, even though they've been a top-five team all season, uh, if they want to compete with Bama, with Georgia, with Ohio State, they're going to need to have more more balanced and explosive offensive attack. And, you know, J.J. McCarthy, he didn't do that much last week, so he's going to eventually going to have to do that, especially when Michigan plays a lot of state later on the road, later down the road. But for this one, um, on the on the other side for Penn State, I mean, we know about Nick, Sing- Nick Singleton, the superstar freshman running back. Um, and Penn State, I mean, they destroyed Auburn down at Jordan Air a few weeks ago. Um, and, they, and they've been playing good football all season under James Franklin. Um, and their rush defense is ranked second in the Big Ten. Um, so that's another reason why, you know, Blake Corum won't necessarily put up huge numbers, although, you know, he's more than capable, like I said. Um, Sean Clifford, the Penn State quarterback, he is very experienced, one of the more experienced quarterbacks in college football. Um, he's not really phased by uh, a huge game on the road. He's been in a few of these environments before. Um, but the one stat against Penn State is they have no, they have zero road wins versus AP top five teams under James Franklin. I think they're 0-6, 0-7, something like that when I was doing, was taking notes for this. So yeah, I'm going with Michigan. They're, they're a home favorite and no doubt that they're home favorites in the big house. That's one of the best environments in the sport. Another one on my bucket list that I'll go to eventually. Um, and, you know, Penn State will put up a good fight. This is going to be a close game. Um, I could see this being a classic Big Ten, run the ball, play good defense on both sides. And, you know, Michigan ends up winning like 17-14. Um, it'll be a good game, but Michigan will win in the end. Next Big Ten game is Minnesota at number 24, Illinois. Another early kickoff on Big Ten Network at 11 a.m. Central. Um, Minnesota's 4-1. Of course, they're coming off their first loss of the season, and they had a bye week last week. So Tanner Morgan, uh, Muhammad Ibrahim and company, they're really ready to get back at it. And for Illinois, I mean, they've been playing great, uh, way better than, you know, you would think of for Illinois football. Um, Brent Bielema has his guys ready to play. Tommy, Tommy DeVito, the quarterback for Illinois, he's been doing great. Um, Chase Brown for Illinois, the running back, he leads actually leads the Big Ten in rushing. Um, it's not Blake Corum. It's not uh, an Ohio State running back. It's Chase Brown. So, you know, Minnesota's defense was stellar early on, but this is one of their first truer tests going up against Chase Brown. Um, you know, Minnesota is favorite on the road. Um, I, but if Muhammad Ibrahim plays well, then um, he was out for their game that they lost last. So, I'm going with the Golden Gophers to um, get the job done. 
I uh, I think PJ Fleck and company will bounce back and get a big road victory over over Illinois this one. All right, scooting on east now to the ACC. Got number 15, NC State, going to number 18, Syracuse. Syracuse, the Orange are back in the top 25. Um, and the Orange are three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. Game kicks off at 2.30 p.m. Central on ACC Network. Um, Over-unders 42. The Wolfpack are 5-1, and one and the Orange are 5-0. and oh. They've been playing great. Um, and speaking of the Orange, their quarterback, Garrett, Garrett Schrader, he's been putting up great numbers. Has over 1,200 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, only one interception. Um, they run an up-tempo up offense. And um, with quarterback Devin Leary nursing a soldier in, sold, a shoulder injury for NC State, um, I think Syracuse is going to win this game. Um, I know the, the Wolfpack have won three straight versus the Orange, and they're 15-2 all-time, but just with all the circumstances going on, um, I, I'm going to pick the cute, I'm going to pick the orange to win at home and, uh, and make, get a big statement win at home against a top 15 team. And the top three team, the, in the ACC, number four, Clemson, they are headed down to, uh, Tallahassee to take on the Florida state Seminoles at Dope Campbell stadium Saturday night, um, 6 30 PM central on ABC is the kickoff time. Uh, Tigers coming in six and oh, four and oh, in conference, and the Seminoles four and two overall, uh, and they're two and two in conference play. Over under is set at 51. So, for Clemson, you have quarterback, uh, DJ Oagale. He's been playing better in, in Clemson's past couple games. Um, but Clemson's defensive front right now is a little bit banged up, and Jordan Travis, the quarterback for Florida State. If he scrambles around, he can make some plays with his legs. Johnny Wilson's one of the better um, wide receivers in the ACC for Florida State. And Clemson's offensive line is going to have their hands full with Florida State's defensive line um, because they can really get after the quarterback. Um, I think Clemson ekes out a win on the road. Um, You know, this is a classic, you know, Clemson Florida State used to just rule the ACC with iron fists. It's been more so Clemson the past uh, seven, eight years. Um, and Florida State could get back to that point, but they're not there yet. Um, and yeah, I'm going to go with Clemson to win on the road and actually cover the three and a half. Um, they'll, they'll find a way to get it done down at Dope Campbell. A, a pretty tough environment, I will say, but um, they'll the Tigers will find a way to, to win that game. <laughs> All right, scooting on over to the Big 12 now. Um, the two best teams, arguably, in the conference right now going head-to-head. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, you got number 8, Oklahoma State, and number 13, TCU, both 5-0, and 2-0 in conference play. They kick off um, in Fort Worth at 2.30 p.m. Central on ABC. The over-under for this game is set at 68.5. Um, the Horned Frogs, they are four-point favorites in this game. Um, and they are coming off a close win versus Kansas last week in Lawrence. Um, quarterback Max Dungan for the Horned Frogs, he's just been playing great this year. Has 14 touchdowns, only one interception. Um, very efficient football. 
and TCU actually leads the country in yards per play at over eight yards per play. Um, and that will test Oklahoma's defense, um, even even though uh, Oklahoma State's third down defense is the best in the Big 12. And we know about Spencer Sanders. He puts up great numbers and is one of the better quarterbacks in the conference and, and frankly, in the country. So with all of that being said, um, it's probably not an upset because of the spread, but I'm going with Oklahoma State on the road. Um, I, know, I, I know TCU, that was an emotional win in Lawrence last week because, you know, college game day was there. You know, everybody was hyping up Kansas and TCU was going in there, putting all their energy into beating the the Jayhawks. So maybe a home hangover. I don't know. But, you know, TCU will be prepared. But I'm going with the Oklahoma State Cowboys in this one to win uh, straight up. And speaking of those Kansas Jayhawks, they are on the road in Norman to take on the Oklahoma Sooners, who are um, absolutely desperate for a win. They got absolutely just demolished and pantsed um, at, at the Red River Showdown last weekend. Texas kicked their ass 49 to nothing. Um, quite embarrassing um, for the Sooners and Brett Venables in that matchup. Now, Kansas is 5-1, and one, you know, coming off that loss to TCU. And, you know, Dylan Gabriel, the Oklahoma quarterback, he should be back. He obviously wasn't in the game last week. I think the score would have been a little bit closer if he was, but still. Um, he, on the season, he has 13 total touchdowns, zero interceptions, so he's been doing pretty good um, playing efficient football. But Oklahoma's defense, they just give up way too many big plays. Um, Kansas quarterback Jason Bean coming in um, after the starter was injured for Kansas. He he had four touchdown passes. Um, played great, but didn't get it done in the end. But, um, you know, Kansas is capable. They're, they they have a, a good, you know, surprise gimmicky offensive scheme that can really throw people off. Now, I trust at some point Oklahoma is just going to say enough is enough and they just go all out. And and honestly, this could probably be there just one game to say, all right, you know, we're not going to win the Big 12. We're not a championship contender this year, but at least we can still fight and maybe, maybe at the best get double-digit wins if they win a bowl game. Um, being 3-3, three and three, I mean, they're not competing for anything at this point. They won't catch, you know, Baylor, TCU, or big uh, Baylor, Oklahoma State, or TCU this year. But they can still beat Kansas, and they're almost 10-point favorites at home. So I am going with the Sooners in this one, and um, they will cover the nine points. And uh, scooting on over to Austin, we have the number 22 Texas Longhorns. They are 16-point favorites at home against Iowa State. Early kickoff tomorrow, 11 a.m. Central on ABC. Um, the over-under set at 48.5. Um, Iowa State, they have won three straight times versus Texas. And actually, Iowa State's three losses this year, they have all come on the last possession of the game. Um, so they could Iowa State could easily be undefeated 
Um, so their record's a little bit deceiving. But Texas, we clearly saw last week with Quinn Ewers' healthiest quarterback, they are a very lethal team, and they could beat anyone in the country. I mean, they almost beat – if Quinn Ewers did not get hurt in the Bama game, TU would be at least 5-1, and one, should have been undefeated um, if uh, they didn't blow a 14-point second-half lead to Texas Tech a few weeks ago. But um, regardless, Texas is the better team this one. We know Iowa State is pesky good. They they can they have some tricks up their sleeves with Matt Campbell, but Quinn Ewers, B. John Robinson, I think this is a game where they go off and Texas should get the job done. Okay. Um last couple of games I'll talk about. What's good out west the Pac twelve. Um got number seven USC. Um going on the road to take on the number twenty Utah Utes. Um Utah, of course, coming off a loss to uh, UCLA in LA last weekend. Game, game kicks off seven o'clock Central Time on Fox, um, seven p.m. Central Time. Uh, the Trojans come in six and zero. They are four and zero in Pac-12 play, and the Utes are four and two overall and two and one in Pac-12 play, in the over under sixty five. Um, so. Utah, you know, Cam Rising, their dual threat quarterback, he has the ability to test USC's defense. Um, if Utah's defense can li- limit those big plays that USC is capable of with uh, Caleb Williams at quarterback, then they could definitely keep, you know, they can definitely win this game. And Utah also has won 11 straight home games. Uh, it's a very tough environment to play in at night. And USC, they've been coasting along. Like, they're number seven, but I don't buy them as a true playoff contender right now. Um, They still need to um, play more consistently on the defensive end. Uh, Caleb Williams needs to play more consistently as well. Like, he hasn't been playing bad, but he just, he hasn't been, been flawless every week. And he hasn't been playing as great as some quarterbacks, you know, like, CJ Stroud or Hendon Hooker or names like that. Um, he's not there right now. Um, and that's why CJ Stroud is the Heisman favorite. But anyway, um, and Utah also possesses the Pac 12's best defense. So USC's potent offense will definitely be tested. Um, and I'm going to call the upset. I think Utah, Utah gets the job done, they bounce back. Kyle Winningham will have his guys ready to play. Um, they just did not perform to task against Chip Kelly and UCLA last weekend. So I'm gonna buy I'm buying the Utes to bounce back and get the dub done. Get the dub at, at home versus USC and hand the Trojans their first loss finally. And then number 25, James Madison. The Dukes are back in the top 25. This is their actually their first season in major college football in FBS. So um, well-deserved for the James Madison Dukes. They're playing Georgia Southern tomorrow at 3 o'clock Eastern. Georgia Southern is close, is coached by Clay Helton. He used to be at USC. Um, but their quarterback for James Madison, Todd Senteo, 15 touchdowns on the season, only one interception. Been playing great. And, uh, you know, welcome to the party, James Madison. Uh, I think you'll win, and you will beat Georgia Southern and cover cover the spread. So that is college football, college football for this week. I will try and 
sound a little better in the next segment, and uh, we're moving on to the NFL. Let's go. All right, the Thursday night game this week was just an absolute snooze fest again. Um, Commanders beat the Bears 12-7. Man, Uh, but, you know, Bills, Chiefs, Cowboys, Eagles, hopefully those games make and more make up for uh, just combine the past two Thursday night games because they have been absolutely just bad football games. Bad for television, bad for um, the fans, just not entertaining at all to watch those games. But anyway, we start on Sunday. Um, Bengals visiting the Saints in the Superdome, um, kicking off at noon on CBS. Um, Bengals, their three losses this season, they have all come on walk-off field goals, actually. So their record could be better. Um Obviously, last week on Sunday night, they lost to Justin Tucker's foot. Um, And then I remember they also lost to Pittsburgh in week one in overtime. Um, And so Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase and company, they're due for a big game. And we know with the Saints, like, they have, you know, guys in spots that can make plays um, for their offense. Taysom Hill, um, he does everything for them. Andy Dalton has great numbers in his career versus the Bengals, but I just think the Bengals get the get back on track and win this week. And Joe Burrow will be visiting the Superdome for the first time since he won the national championship um, almost at this point three years ago um, with the LSU Tigers. But anyway, uh, he will get the dub with the Bengals um, in the Superdome, and they should cover the one and a half. Um, Next up, Ravens at the Giants. Uh, Ravens are five and a half point favorites in this game. Um, and the Giants, they got a nice win in London over the Packers. Um, Saquon Barkley leads the NFL in scrimmage yards so far. Brian Dable's just been doing special things with with the Giants this year with his coaching, um, the way he's fi- he fires his guys up. It's pretty pretty impressive to see the Giants have this nice of a turnaround so quickly. Um, Wink Martindale, Martindale, their defensive coordinator, well, he knows Lamar Jackson because um, he was with the Ravens for a few years. Um, and with the Ravens, they don't have a lot of big plays, and they don't make them consistently. They make big plays, but they're not consistent enough in them. Um and the Ravens' defense has also been a little bit banged up and also not the vintage Ravens' defense that we thought it was. Um, no, they are, they're nearly six-point favorites on the road, so I'm going to guess that they can they'll win, they'll win the game. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with them, but I'm not so confident in this pick. I, I trust the Giants will keep it close, so... Ravens win, but they won't cover the five and a half point spread. The next game up is the Patriots taking on the Browns um, in Cleveland. Uh, both teams come in at two and three. Uh, over under is forty three. Um, Patriots quarterback Bailey Zappi gets another shot. 
to uh, play in the absence of Brian Hoyer and Mac Jones. For the Browns, Nick Chubb, he leads the NFL in rushing. He's been doing great on the ground this year. Joby, Jacoby Brissett, from what all I've read and heard, he has basically just cost the Browns their undefeated season by making some pretty poor throws late in games. Um, the Patriots, they shut out the Lions last week 29 to nothing, so their defense is feeling pretty good about themselves. Um, yeah, I think the Patriots are just going to stack the box on Nick Chubb and make Jacoby Brissett beat, beat them on the outside. And the Patriots have great corners. So I'm going to go with the Patriots to get the upset um, in Cleveland over, over the Browns. I, I think the Patriots defense will carry them to victory. Um, next up, you got the Jags taking on the Colts in Indianapolis. Um, Colts are two-point favorites in this game. Over-under is 42. Um, Colts, of course, were part of that, you know, terrible Thursday night game uh, last week. And uh, yeah, they have the lowest scoring offense in the league and their offensive line other than Quentin Nelson is just injured or just hot garbage. Um, so Matt Ryan's going to need all the help he can get. Um, yeah, And on the other side for Trevor Lawrence, um, he's just not playing great. Uh, he has not hit his number one pick potential yet. Um, I, I trust the Jags defensive front can generate some pressure on the Colts. But I think the Colts can get the job done, and I think they will at home. Um, not confident in that pick, but I'm just going to go with the Colts. It's kind of a pick em for me. Um, next up, you got the Jets and the Packers. Um, Packers, they lost, like I said earlier, to the Giants over in London. And uh, this is definitely a must-win for them. They need to keep pace with the uh, with the Vikings in the NFC North. Now, good thing for Green Bay. Um, Aaron Rodgers, his last 12 starts following the loss, he is 12-0. And in those games, he has thrown 28 touchdowns and one interception. So, uh, Packers, I guess... They don't lose back-to-back very much. And they've also won 15 straight regular season games at Lambeau Field. Uh, yeah. That's really all I need to say. Um, they get right in this game. Now, for the Jets, like, Brees Hall, he's been playing great. So has Michael Carter. Um, Sauce Gardner, the stud cornerback, top draft pick for them, has been playing great as well. Um, and Zach Wilson slowly coming along back back into the system but Packers Lambeau Field they they rarely lose so Jets will keep it close the Packers won't cover but the Packers I think will win and bounce back and move to four and two um Buccaneers at Steelers um so Tom Brady he has won 12 straight games versus rookie quarterbacks you know, the Steelers got destroyed by the Bills 38-3 to last week, and honestly, they could have given up over 50 if Josh Allen didn't really play much the second half. Um, the Steelers' offense is just a mess uh, other than Kenny Pickett. Uh, they ranked 30th in points per game with just under 16. 
the Matt Canada offense, um, they they hardly have any explosive playmaking. Um, it's just dink and dunk, and they're doing the same stuff they did with Ben Roethlisberger. And I, you know, Buccaneers, they'll they their receiver 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 core is getting healthy, and um, I don't know the Steelers. Am, it's probably going to be the first time in a while that they have a losing record. It's pretty much a rebuilding year for them, even though no one wants to really say it. Um, only a few people will. Um, but Buccaneers, they will. W- the Steelers, they'll play inspired since they got um, annihilated last week. But Buccaneers will win this game. Tom Brady will have his way with that Steelers defense for the most part. Um, 49ers at Falcons. Um, so, Niners, they uh, they had a great win versus Carolina Carolina last week, but any, frankly, anybody could be Carolina right now because they're that bad. Um, 49ers are only giving up 12 points per game, one of the best in the league, may, may be the best in the league. Um, their rushing attack is lethal. Jimmy Garoppolo, he just wins as the quarterback for 49ers. The numbers prove that. But on the other side for the Falcons, they can definitely hang around in this game. They're sneaky good on offense. Um, you know, Kyle Pitts, he's coming, hopefully coming back into form as one of the best tight ends in the game. Um, Arthur Smith is a very creative head coach, a play caller. The Falcons, they they will hang around, but the 49ers, even though they're injured to hell and back, they will win this game. Next up, Vikings at Dolphins. Um, Dolphins still do not have Tua. He's still in the concussion protocol. They're going to start their third string and rookie quarterback, um, Skylar Thompson, his first career start. Um, And the Dolphins also have a struggling defense right now. So Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, they're going to put up huge numbers, and the Vikings win and cover easily on the road. All right, so that that is all the... Noon games, um, now I'm going to get to two of the late afternoon games on Fox, and then I'll talk about the Bills Chiefs and then the Sunday night and Monday night games. Um, first up, let's talk about the Cardinals at the Seahawks. Um, um, Cardinals, they are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. They are 10-1 in, in their last 11 road games. Um, they, For some reason, they just love playing on the road instead of home. Um so they should win. Kyler Murray should make plenty of plays. Geno Smith, I will, I've been saying, you know, he leads the NFL right now in completion percentage and passer rating. Um, and he can find DK Metcalf, Tyler Rock, and they can make some plays down the field. But the Cardinals, um, I don't know, something tells me they're just going to win this game. A cla- classic NFC West. Uh, in this In this series, I've noticed over the years that the team that's on the road plays better for some reason. The Seahawks always play down well down in the desert, and the Cardinals always play well in the Pacific Northwest. I don't know why that is, but that's just how the series has gone. So I'm going with the Cardinals in this game to win and cover the two and a half. And then the other one is the Panthers taking on the Rams in Los Angeles. Um, the Rams, they're just... They're just terrible on offense right now. Um, 
they are averaging 4.8 yards per play, which is actually the worst in the NFL right now. No one else is averaging fewer yards per play than the Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champions. Um, they have been outscored in the fourth quarter of the season, 47 to three. Their offensive line is just filled with backups and third stringers. Um, just getting absolutely mauled, especially by the Cowboys last week. And they had no chance protecting Matthew Stafford. Um, they they need to run the ball and get Allen Robinson open because Van Jefferson still ain't back yet, and um, Cooper Cup is the only thing going for them right now on offense. Matthew Stafford um, in the fourth quarter this year has zero touchdowns, six and six turnovers. Um, will not get it done, but against the Panthers, who fired Matt Rule this week on Monday, um, and Panther the Panthers are looking like arguably the worst team in the in the league right now. The Rams get it right. They get the job done, and I'll pick them to win and cover at home. Okay, now we get to the good stuff. So the Bills and Chiefs, they're going to be on national television at the 325 spot on CBS late Sunday afternoon. Rightfully so. I mean, this these are the two best teams in the AFC. Um, the two best quarterbacks, arguably, in the game going head-to-head. Um, what more can you ask for? Um, but so the bills, they're two and a half point favorites in this game. Both teams are four and one over runners 54. Um, the number one and number two scoring offenses in the league going up against each other. The chiefs are number one and the bills number two in that category. Um, the bills have a more complete team, a better defense, but the chiefs rush defense is great as well. Um, the Bills have to, you know, double Travis Kelsey because he had four touchdowns on Monday night versus the Raiders. Um, if they do, then they have a chance. Um, I mean, they lead the NFL in picks, but we've seen the Kansas City offense without Tyreek Hill this year. They have been spreading the ball out economically and efficiently. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has been making plays. Um, with his arms, with his legs, through his with side arms, with jump balls, with everything. He's just been making everything he does look easy. He's been doing look easy. Um, Arrowhead is going to be absolutely jam-packed. That's going to be a loud, loud crowd for the Bills. Now, they have Orchard Park up there in Buffalo, but Arrowhead is by far and away the better. It, it's the loudest atmosphere in the NFL right now. Um, and I'm going with the Chiefs. I I understand why people are picking the Bills, but you know they can't they can't double Travis Kelsey and expect you know to stop uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of the backfield or maybe Juju Smith-Schuster or um, you know Marquez Valdez-Scantling or Nicole Hardman. And Jared McKinnon also playing well for them from the running back position. Like the Chiefs, Andy Reid is just the best play caller in the sport, arguably the best coach in the sport right now. And he will figure out a way to work around the Bills defense. Von Miller, he's great. He's still great. Um, the Bills have a great pass rush still. Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, they'll have days too because the Chiefs' pass defense isn't great. But with the Chiefs being at home and um, the way they've been playing recently, 
and the play calling scheme with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, I think the Chiefs get it done. Um, I'm going against the grain. I'm going against Vegas, but I'm picking the Chiefs to win at Arrowhead in a very classic game. This is going to be a very, very fun game to watch. Another fun game to watch is going to be Sunday night football with the Cowboys going to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Um, The Eagles are six and a half point favorites and the over-under is 42. Um, Bottom line, can Cooper Rush beat the Eagles from the pocket? That remains to be seen because Darius Slay and James Bradbury, the Philadelphia cornerbacks, um, they probably can win most of their matchups with C.D. Lamb and the rest of the Cowboys receiver core. Um, if the Cowboys do not run the ball well, if Zeke Elliott, Tony, Tony Pollard do not do not have big games, then Philadelphia has this in the bag. Um, but the Cowboys' pass rush is is elite, led by, of course, by Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. Um, the Philadelphia offensive line is great, um, so that's going to be a fun matchup to watch the Eagles offensive line versus the Cowboys pass rush. Um, the Eagles defense, the minimal for them is to stack the you know stack the box and make Cooper Rush beat them on the outside, and we'll we'll see how he does with that. Um, Jalen Hurts has been playing great, um, you know putting up good numbers and trying to prove to people that he's an elite starting quarterback in this league. Um, if he beats the Cowboys in their great pass rush, then I'll start to be more of a believer. Um, this is going to be a close game. The Eagles win, but they won't cover. Um, I will put my faith in Jalen Hurts to make some plays and um, maybe burn... Trayvon Diggs uh, with the big pass to maybe A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith every once in a while, but the Eagles will get the job done. And then finally, Monday Night Football, it's the Broncos and the Chargers in L.A., 7.15 p.m. Central on ESPN. Broncos, I don't know why they're still on prime time. They have a terrible offense. They're 31st in the NFL in scoring at 15 points per game. Um, Russell, Win- Russell Wilson has apparently been playing through a shoulder injury past couple of weeks but still their offense looks bad just just bad um now the chargers have a bad run defense so if the broncos can rush the ball they have a chance um and they and the broncos pass defense is also elite so they that's all they're also that's one of their other saving graces in this game they are the best in the nfl when it comes to passing yards per game allowed um so Justin Herbert, you know, no Keenan Allen in this game again. So Mike Williams and others are going to have to step up on the outside versus Pat Sertan and that elite Broncos secondary. Um, Chargers do have an elite passing game, like I said, but they're going to need to lean on Austin Eckler, who has had five total touchdowns the past two games. And um, I'm going with the Chargers. Um, I don't trust the Broncos offense at all and the Chargers will break through at some points to make some big plays in this game. So I'm going with the Chargers in this game on Monday night football. And this is the first week uh, with buys. So the teams with buys this week are the Lions, the Titans, the Raiders, and my Houston Texans. All right, uh, some other sports news before we wrap up tonight. Um, You know, the division series for baseball is going on. The Astros are up 2 to nothing on the Mariners. Um, the Guardians and Yankees are tied at one. 
uh, one game apiece. That series head heads back to Cleveland. Um, uh, Philadelphia, the Phillies, and the Braves are tied one game apiece. Actually, no, the Phillies are up two games to one because they won today in Philadelphia. That's my bad. And then, as of right now, in game three of the Dodgers Padres series, the Padres are up two to one in the bottom of the sixth inning um, against the Dodgers. So the Padres are looking to be in looking to be in the driver's seat versus the best team in baseball. So um, I will be watching that game, see how that goes tonight. Um, And some other news. uh, I mentioned Matt Rule getting fired. He was 1-4 this year, 11-26-27 overall. Bad tenure as the Panthers head coach. Um, Doing some weird stuff like yanking quarterbacks almost instantly after the mate, like a two-quarterback system almost, three-quarterback system. Um not utilizing Christian McCaffrey enough. Um, and yeah, just not, not the right fit for, for the Panthers in the end. Um, other news in the NFL, Deshaun Watson has another sexual misconduct allegation against him. That's just 26th. Um, Devonte Adams has been charged with misdemeanor assault in Kansas city court. Um, after he pushed over a camera guy on Monday night after his, after the loss, um, Looking like kind of a money grab, but we'll see how that goes. Um, Alvin Kamara for the um, Saints. A man has filed a civil lawsuit against him for federal battery, and he is seeking trial and $10 million in damages. And then finally, Dan Snyder. Maybe he has dirt on Roger Goodell and the owners. Um, news came out. Maybe um, you know Dan Snyder hired private investigators to investigate the NFL and um, Goodell and the owners, and the owners have said that one of the owners has said that they all hate Dan Snyder and Dan Snyder says that the owners hate Goodell or it's just a mess and uh, just uh, just corruption and bureaucracy at its finest with billionaires. Um, other news in baseball, Carlos Correa, he's opting out again, becoming a free agent. Um, obviously with the Twins this year, um, but we'll see what he gets with the contract in the off season in the winter, um, the Phillies in the midst of the in their playoff push, they have made Rob Thompson, their full-time manager with a two-year contract. And then finally, Eric K, the ex angels public relations director who was linked to the death of Tyler Skaggs, the tragic, um, death of a pitcher so early on in his life. He was sentenced to 22 years in prison. All right, that's the show for this week. Um, I'll try to sound better next time. I'm so sorry for sounding nasally and stuff, but something hit today, and hopefully I can get over it quickly. Um, Tell your friends and family about the show. Appreciate all the support. And I will talk to you uh, next week. Um, Looking forward probably to the League Championship Series in baseball. Take care.